Philippians 1, verse 12. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and we praise you. Father God, thank you for your peace, your strength, your joy, and your anointing. Your will be done in this service. Thank you that we will leave here refreshed and supercharged and ready to be obedient to your word. We love you and we praise you in all things, in every area. In Jesus' wonderful, precious name we pray. And everybody in the church building said, Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. Okay, beloved. We're going to continue our study in Philippians. We're still in the first chapter. Um, a lot of good stuff going on here, man. Now, keep in mind, we got to remember that the Apostle Paul, he's in prison. He's on house arrest in Rome. Um, and he's in prison for one thing only. He's not an enemy of the state. He didn't do anything wrong. What the man did is he was spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And now he's in prison for it in Rome. But... On the good side of things, Paul always wanted to go to Rome and spread the gospel. So now he's there. He's on house arrest. He's not in the... I mean, you got to imagine, man, that he always wanted to go and, and, and spread the gospel in Rome. And now he's there, but he's confined to a specific area. Now, God has a neat way of doing things. Amen. So here he is. And the apostle Paul... Um, if anybody had the right to grumble, complain, gripe, be be depressed, I think it would be him. You know, this guy went around uh, all over the place spreading the gospel, telling people about Jesus Christ. And if you look, if you look at his missionary journeys, it, it would go like this: it would go like preaching the word, spreading the word, then some sort of hardcore opposition. But but he would endure through that opposition. And through that opposition, a lot of people would come to Christ. There would be a lot of fruit that was bore. Um, if I'm saying that right, I don't know. But uh, uh, he wouldn't give up. He would keep preaching the gospel. You know, he'd be st- he'd be they they'd stone him. He'd walk back into town and spread the gospel. He pushed through that opposition, and many lives were changed. Amen. So this is nothing different. Paul the apostle. He's on. He's in prison now, in Rome. That's where we're picking up. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. That's an amazing statement right there. But the Apostle Paul is able to look at the big picture after a little bit and say, you know what? I sure, I sure, there's a lot of other places maybe I would like to be. You know, uh, I don't really want to be chained up right now. I don't really want to be on house arrest. But this situation that I wouldn't have picked out for myself, God has, listen to this, God has really used this to further his gospel. This nasty situation, God is using for something amazing. Now, I want to ask us to analyze our lives real fast. You know, 
Sometimes we're in these situations, we're in these periods of life that, that we really don't like. We would choose to be somewhere else or in a different situation. But here we are. And God says, look here, why don't we, this sounds kind of silly, but why don't we make the best out of this situation? You know what I mean? This is where you're at. So why don't you worship me? Why don't you give me glory? Why don't you make me famous in this area that you're at? Um, I get no uh, joy out of this, but there's this little dark area of about a year um, where I was uh, I was a delivery guy um, for for one of these um, outfits, you know, like UPS and FedEx. And uh, man, I was just a miserable dude the whole time, man. And uh, I did not looking back on it, you know, I was like I had so many opportunities, man, just to show the love of Jesus to people, just to let my light shine, even though I was miserable. You know, I didn't have to be miserable. It, it was all up here. It was all up in my mind. You know what I mean? It was, instead of looking at Jesus, looking at the blessing that I was able to provide for my family during this year, some some certain things had happened, man. I, there was kind of some dangerous situations I was in. I was a grumbler and I was a complainer. And I didn't do the thing right, man. Looking back on it, I'm like, oh, man, dude, what a missed opportunity where I really could have let my light shine for that whole time. But I was, man, one thing for sure, man, um, people knew I was a Christian because I told them I was a Christian. But see, there was this weird testimony because I was grumpy, I was moody, I was, I was not living that life that God wanted me to live. And so that's a, that's a big regret, man, you know. But I'm using that as a as a propulsion as a propellant man as I step forward man it's when I find myself in a situation man that's not you know like not just perfect for me or you know like not exactly what I want it to be you know well this is where God's got me right now this is where I happen to be you know so I'm gonna let my light shine amen anybody else on board with that and that that that's a uh, that's certainly a struggle you know that's certainly a hard thing to do but the more we do it the easier it gets you know, but anyways, moving forward, here's the Apostle Paul. And looky here, what he says, I want you to know, brothers, remember, he's talking to the he's talking to the church in Philippi. OK, he's like, you guys, you know, I'm in prison. OK, I don't want you to be worried sick about me. OK, thanks for everything. Thanks for having my back. But check this out. I want you Philippians to know. I want my brothers and sisters in Christ to know. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, what happened to him? You got thrown into jail, man. You got put into house arrest, okay, for spreading the gospel. But I want you to know what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Isn't that cool, man? Talking about, you know, glass half empty, glass half full type of situation. Paul's like, man, okay, this is okay. This is all right, man. I have a, I have an audience and new opportunities that I wouldn't have had otherwise. You know, so I'm going to use this opportunity just like if I was on the street, just like if I was over in Macedonia with you guys, man. You know, I'd be spreading that gospel, man. I'd be setting up churches. I'd be, I'd be doing what God had called me to do. Well, here I am behind these bars, so to speak. Well, guess what? I'm going to be serving the Lord right here. You know, so what about that diagnosis you got? What about, uh, you know, the, your job that you can't stand? What about these things that, that we may or may not be dealing with? There's something in your life that we can certainly give over to God, right? There's certainly something that we can say, you know what? Uh, man, I really wish the doctor didn't say this, you know, but, uh, 
I'm going to use this. I'm going to let God use this for his glory. You know, does that make sense? All right. Praise the Lord. Tell the truth. Thank you, Sister Dana. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Look at the next verse. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard. You can imagine the Apostle Paul surrounded by these folks. And he's like, all these cats, man, they know. Just like the guys that I worked with at the delivery outfit. They knew I was a Christian because I let it be known I was a Christian. But if they were to look at my life and how I was acting, and I was just a miserable person, man. You know, and I, I was not, my life was not the witness that I could be proud of. Looking back on it, you know, makes me sad. That was a wasted opportunity. You know, but see, here's the Apostle Paul setting a beautiful example. He's like, hey, man, I'm here and everybody knows what I'm in here for. Everybody knows that I belong to the Most High God. Everybody knows that I represent Jesus Christ. My life is a living example. I'm not just quoting Bible verses to these cats, but how I'm acting, the things I'm doing, man, how I deal with these problems and everything, that is a witness, that is a testimony that I'm so, I'm different. I belong to Jesus Christ. Give them some praise. Amen? Amen. So that has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And so I was pondering, you know, as I was, I was researching and studying and all this over the last few days, last couple of days, last night, actually, <laughs> but I've read it a lot. Um, you know, do people really know? Think about this, man. Do people really know that there's something different about us? You know, wherever we're at, I've already given you an example of, of where I've fall, fallen short, you know. Now I'd like to go around the room and everybody give me an example of when they've really blown it. For, no, no, we've all done it, man. We've all done it. And there's no going back and fixing that. But you know what? We can be forgiven of that. And today's a new day. So where, where are you at right now? You know, what situation are you in right now where you can, you know, let that light shine? You know what I'm saying? Apostle, Apostle Paul's locked up. And instead of saying, well, you know what, man? I, I did my part, man. I done started all these churches and I got some disciples going out doing some stuff for me, man. It's, it's a, I don't really know what's going to happen to me tomorrow. I'm going to sit back here in the corner and, uh, just retire. Chilling, quitting time. It is what it is. But he's not doing that. This is where I'm at. I'm letting my light shine. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Look at Matthew 5. Uh, yeah, it's right there. Look, Matthew 5, 14 and 15. This is beautiful. This is what the Apostle Paul's doing, and this is what we are to do. Matthew 5, 14 and 15. You are the light of the world. This is Jesus talking to us. This is Jesus saying, you are the light of the world, Becca. You are the light of the world, Donnie. Well, think about that. What, what, an what an amazing commission that Jesus Christ has just given us. What an amazing responsibility that Jesus has given us. Because the Holy Spirit's here with us and he will equip us, you know. But Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. So he says, guess what, church folk? You guys represent me. You guys are the light of the world. So, like I said, man, when I was thinking about some of these times, man, years past, when I when I was a servant of the Most High God, but I wasn't really serving Him like I should. Not that we're doing that now, but more of God, less of me each and every day. Can I get a witness? 
Does that make sense? But man, I look back at all the times, man, where I really just blown it, you know, where I let situations and circumstances dictate how I was going to react and things like that instead of keeping my focus on Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul, he's got his eyes fixed on that prize, man. He's got, he's got his eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, and that's what we got to do. You know, we are the salt of the earth, man. And so we can't be losing our savor, or we can't turn the saltiness off here and then turn it off theirs. You know what I'm saying? Now, we, we got to make people thirsty for Jesus Christ. And that's not simply going to come by saying I go to church or having a Jesus fish on the on your T-shirt or something like that, which I got one and I wear it all the time. Um, but anywho... Um, it's, it's our life has got to be a witness. You know what I mean? So look at your neighbor and say, ouch, man. You know? Anywho, okay, so look at Matthew 5 and verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Every single time I have read that passage, I always pictured this weary tra- this is so silly. I, in my mind, man, I picture like this weary traveler through Palestine at nighttime heading on his destination because you know what? People did travel a lot at nighttime back then. Uh, and it, it, was, it had its own dangers, but it wasn't as hot, you know? So they're looking at the stars and like, hey, you know, Harry, I, where's the city? Where, you know, we got to be somewhere. Where's it at? Where's it at, George? Where's it at, McFly? And then he rounds the corner, boom, there's a city on the hill with the light shining. There it is. Okay, silly, but that's what we are to be. Leading people through the dark. You know what I mean? Does that make sense, church people? Yeah. You know, we are to lead people to what is true. You're not going to save people, okay, but we can point people to the truth. And a big chunk of that is how we handle hard times, man. Situations that we really don't dig on. You know what I mean? I hope that makes sense. If if you're not getting anything, you can take a buck eighty out of the offering plate. Oh yeah, Sister Claudia said it's too late. You are the light of yeah. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. That's a true statement. Why would you go through the trouble of lighting something or having something lit and then hide it? We don't do that. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. That's us, man. Wherever you're at, whether, you know, you're on house arrest in Rome or you just got the bad news or, or you're at the job that you can't stand or your home life is just crazy. You know what I mean? Instead of getting in there and mixing it up and just toss it, just getting all crazy with everybody else. Why don't we put ourselves on that stand? Or don't we stand on the Word of God and let our light shine? You know what I mean? It's not about getting even with people. It's not about any of that stuff, man. All right, now. There he is. Oh, cool. Oh, cool, Isaac. Okay, moving forward. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. So, you know... When I was working at this delivery place, and there's a lot of other examples, man. This was just a point in my life when I, when I, I in my heart, I knew I was a Christian man. You know what I mean? I, I belonged to Jesus Christ, um, but my testimony was not so good, man. And so that's a constant reminder. I, I can't step back into that nonsense, you know what I mean? So when something crazy happens, man, you got to stay focused on the Word of God. Can I get a witness? 
because his word is a lamp to our feet. It's going to guide us. It's going to tell us how to handle these things and what to do. You know, we're so worried about being disrespected or somebody treating us wrong or, or you know, fill in the blank of all the reasons why we can get so upset and not live that godly life in certain places. You know, we got to keep our focus on what is true and what is pure, which will be coming up in the weeks ahead. Okay. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket put on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful, Courtney? <laughs> that that God says, you're, you're that light, man, and I've got you in this situation. I've, I've led you to this situation. You find yourself in this situation. Now, let your light shine. Light up the whole room, wherever you're at. That's our commission. Okay, Philippians 1, verse 14. This is some crazy stuff that Paul's telling the Philippian church. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. This is really interesting to me that, and this is, this is true because I've seen it in my own life, that the apostle Paul being bold, even though his life is in danger, which is crazy. I mean, he, he's in prison for preaching the gospel. But what's he doing while he's in prison? He's preaching the gospel, you know? And his life is in danger. There's a lot of things that can happen to him. He doesn't really honestly know what tomorrow holds for him. But like the saying goes, he knows who holds tomorrow, you know? But because of his bravery, that bravery has been contagious to those other Christians in the area, in Rome. Other people are are spreading the gospel, you know? Isn't that awesome? Um, and I just love that, man. It's a picture of, of the persecuted church that you see throughout history. You see it right now in the Middle East. You see it in China in different places. When persecution strikes uh, uh, the church, when persecution strikes the godly, you know, and, and, and the, uh, the unsaved or the pagan think, feels like they've squashed it in one area. Okay, these guys are in prison or whatever. Man, the word of God just sprouts up a million other places, man. You can't, you can't put it out. You can't put the word of God out. You know what I mean? It cannot return void. So here's this situation. Paul's locked up. Okay. And he's got a whole nother group of folks that he's ministering to, uh, a whole different opportunity that he never had before, but even though he's behind bars, so to speak, the word of God is still being spread throughout the area. Isn't that awesome? So, you know what I mean? We got to be about God's business. That's what we're really here for. You know what I mean? I want you to have the, the, all the money and, and you ever wanted and all that. Actually, I want you to have what God wants you to have. But I'm just saying, sometimes we waste our time trace, chasing the wrong things. You know, we are here to give God glory. And God says, you know, if, if you're about my business, I'll be about yours. You know, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you as well. Sometimes I've known folks, I've done it myself. Ah, God, I'll do this, man. You'd be amazed. I've done it. I've done it and I'm ashamed of it. God, you'd be amazed at, at what I'll do for you. I'm, I'll, I'll blow your mind. <laughs> you'd be amazed at what I'll give up and what I'll do. I just need you to do this for me. I just, there's a little deal I got. I need you to do this and then I'll do whatever. It don't work that way, man. You know what I mean? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And you know, the beautiful thing, Kayla, the beautiful thing about that is the more you put God first, the more you're like, okay, this stuff I thought I had to have, eh, I don't have to have that. You know, it's, 
that's not that important, or, or that's actually a uh, not a good, good thing. You know, that's not. Gonna, but see, that's what that's where prayer comes in, man. And reading the scripture, the more time we spend with God, the more He, he gives us the desires of our heart. You know, He puts His desires in my heart. He puts His desires in my heart. You know, think about that. You know, and um, so it, it's really. What I'm getting out of this study in Philippians, which I wanted to get to for quite a while now, just other things have been coming up, um, through the whole pandemic thing and all that, and everybody was sequestered and locked up, quarantined and all that, all that jazz, you know, that's what the Apostle Paul's going through, man. His, in, a, in one way, he is bound, man. He can't get out. But the Word of God's still going out. You know, there's other people spreading the gospel. He's got people under him that are spreading the gospel. He's inspired other people from behind bars. He says, look, this might cost you something, kiddos. You might end up behind bars. You might end up with a head nod on your shoulders. You might be on a cross. You might be on a cross upside down. You might be boiled alive. You might be fed to the lions for other people's pleasure. But man, looky here. We're just, we're just pilgrims passing through, man. You know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, we, we, you know, we need to have our eyes. We need to be focused on the cross. We need to be focused on uh, eternal things. Can I get a witness? Thank you, Jesus. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Now, uh, okay, Acts 8 and verse 4. Do you got it? You got it right here. Briefly, this is uh, church persecution in the early church. Um, now, keep in mind, Philippians is written by the Apostle Paul, who was in prison for spreading the gospel. In Acts, the Apostle Paul does not exist yet. In this part of Acts, um, his name would be Saul. He was a persecutor of the Christian church. And he, he was, man, he had a bloodlust for rounding up Christians, man. And man, that, that was his thing, you know. Now, in Acts 8, hardcore persecution hits the church after the, uh, after the death of Stephen, which Saul slash Paul was present at, and he gave the nod to it, and he liked it, and he held the jackets or watched the coats of the cats that were killing them. Not cats as in meow, but cats in like bad dudes. You know, if you didn't know that. <laughs> okay, so Acts 8 and verse 4. This persecution hits the church, okay? And the church is, is forced... By necessity, okay, stay in Jerusalem and get killed, you know, or spread out. So they're spreading out. But look here, look at what they're doing. Acts 8 and verse 4. Now those who were scattered didn't say nothing about Jesus. Those who were scattered were scared to death and pretend to be idol worshipers and just blend in with everybody else to try and save their heads and keep food on their table. They don't say that at all, ma'am. Acts 8 and verse 4. Now those people that were pushed out of Jerusalem, these early church Christians, now those who were scattered went about preaching the Word of God. Preaching the Word. Okay, isn't that awesome? Persecution hits and boom, man. Okay, 
here I am, man. I had to leave the old hometown, man. Uh, my 4012K, I don't know what's going on with that. I had to leave the horse. And, I, man, I just had to get out of town, man. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I know this one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to let my light shine. I'm going to spread the Word of God because I'm going to keep my focus on what is true, what is pure, what is holy. And that's the fact that I'm loved by Jesus Christ. Amen. Can I get a witness? <laughs> that was... All right, fellas. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Tough, tough group this morning. Okay. Next slide, beloved. <clears throat> Philippians 1 and 15. So, you know, we got a choice no matter where we're at. You know, you might not have a choice of where you're at, but you have a choice wherever you're at, what you're going to do, how you're going to handle that. Amen. See the apostle Paul locked up, man, but he's letting his light shine. He's like, one thing for sure, all these guards and everybody else, they know, man, that I love Jesus Christ and I'm letting my light shine. I'm showing these pagans in a hopeless situation that you can have hope, that there's something out there better than what you've got going on. Okay. Philippians 1, verse 15. Now, okay, we just talked about, there's these folks that while Paul is locked up in prison, there's a group of folks that's spreading the gospel. Spreading the word of God. Now, now this group is actually two different groups of folks that are going out and spreading the word of God. He's going to break that down for us. All God's people said, break it down. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. That is just peculiar to me. You know, that, that there's a group of people that's out there stirring up trouble for Paul, stirring up trouble for Paul, why he's behind bars, you know? Maybe they didn't dig on Paul because of his past, because he was, you know, he was this hardcore persecutor of the church. There was this rivalry between Paul's group and this group, and now that Paul's behind bars, they're trying to make things worse for him. They're trying to gather people onto themselves. And the apostle Paul's like saying, hey, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's be cool. Let's be cool. Okay. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry. So there's a, there's a, there's a group of, uh, and these are people spreading the gospel. Okay. These aren't some people that are spreading some false religion stuff, trying to make Paul look bad. These are people that are uh, using this opportunity of Paul behind bars to actually spread a sound word of God message, man, preaching the gospel trying to build up their own group. They see themselves in competition with Paul for some reason. You know, for some reason they don't like him. But now that Paul's behind bars, they're like, okay, we're going to go out, we're going to do this, and this is going to, you know, hopefully we're going to get all these people behind our back. Hopefully we're going to have this big, big, big mega thing going on because Paul's out of the picture. You know, in other words, trying to hurt Paul, trying to kick him while he's down, but the apostle Paul, because he's got his eyes, because he's got his heart focused on the right thing, He's like, you know, whatever, (laughs) whatever, man. I ain't worried about that. Okay, let's look at verse 16. Is everybody with me so far? I'm going to read 15 and 16 together. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. Verse 16, the latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. So there's this group, half of them are doing it because they love Jesus. Half of them are doing it because they love me, you know. And they're carrying on this work. They're like, he's behind bars, man. We got a job to do. Time is short. You know, 
We see how fast Paul got scooped up and put into prison. Who knows how much time we got? And we got a directive, man, to go into all the world and spread the gospel. So I need to make sure I'm doing my part. And that's what these guys are doing. Out of love for Paul, out of love for the, the word of God, out of love for the Lord, they're spreading the gospel, man. They're doing the thing. So uh, the latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for defense of the gospel. Look at John 13 and verse 35. I don't think this will be a brand new verse for anybody. But you see, I mean, do your own research. These people that don't like Paul and that are spreading the gospel not for the right reason, you know, these guys are spreading a sound, sound gospel, man. They're not, it's not some false religion stuff that they're spreading. So what we have here is we have a group of, of Christians. I'm going to go ahead and say it, a group of Christians that can't stand the apostle Paul and are taking this opportunity to try and hurt the apostle Paul, kick him when he's down and trying to serve their own purposes. Um, which makes me kind of look at, at how has has led me to look at at some things that happen in in our churches, man. Because I talk to other preachers and a lot of other different Christian folks, and man, there's there's so many. How can I say this, man? There's there's just sometimes Christians we focus so much on the things that we don't have in common, you know, and let those be walls between us and instead of focusing on on what we do have in common. Now, ha- having said that. There are some things that we, we, we don't bend. There are, there's some things, you know, this, this, these are just pillars. This is the gospel. Okay. And we don't take away from it. We don't add to it. So I'm talking about Christian folks, people that, that have these same basic understandings. I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Jesus Christ is that savior. He died for my sins. He rose from the dead. I'm talking about we got that in common and we can stand on that and build from that. And see, this is what the, this is what the, the Lord says. This is what Jesus Christ wants from us, brother Bill. This is what Jesus Christ wants from us, brother Donnie. This is what he wants. Okay. John 13 verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. The world should be able to see, okay, this church says you got to do this. This church says you got to do that. But one thing's for sure, they might disagree on them little things, you know, but one thing's for sure, they love one another. They're devoted to one another. And man, I don't see it. I don't see it that much. You know, I haven't lived it that much, but this is what God wants out of us. You know, you know why uh, uh, Japan changing, changing course to make a point, hopefully I won't forget nothing as far as the point I'm trying to make. I've already forgotten it. So, uh, I didn't. You guys don't worry about me. You, you got to take vitamins. You got to be proactive. You got to keep your mind sharp. I'm going to start that. Anyways, in World War II, before it was called World War II, when Japan started attacking China, this J- Japan is tiny little island nation, but very regimented, man, very regimented. And then China at the time was was divided in all these different provinces, and nobody really cared what was going on in the other provinces, man. So Japan was able to come in and start little uh, regional wars down here. The guys up north or wherever, they didn't care what was going on. They didn't like those guys, you know. And Japan was able to take over huge chunks of China because the other people in the other end of China could care less what was going on to their neighbors down the way. 
you know? So here we are, man. Point I think I'm trying to make is Japan was able to conquer so much ground because China was, was not connected. I mean, geographically that they were together, but they didn't care about one another. They're, they were just worried about their four and no more, their little territory, their little province, and they could care less. You know, so when we hear about some sort of tragedy going on in the church down the road, instead of talking rubbish about what the pastor may or may have, may or may not have done, maybe we should pray about it. Maybe, maybe we should do what we can to help that flock, to help that community. You know, because I hear about all this stuff that you guys hear about where this preacher did this and, and I have the same reaction. I'm like, oh my gosh, is that true? How could that be true? Man, well, you know what? If you hear about something, I say this all the time and I mean it. If, if we hear about something, we don't know if it's truth or not, by the way, but if we hear about something, we need to pray about it. If God shows you something, He's showing it so we can pray about it, so we can do something about it. Can I get a witness? The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for defense of the gospel. John 13, verse 35, about this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I think that's lacking. I know it's lacking in my life. It's not that I don't love you guys. I certainly do. I love you guys so much. But this, this is for all believers, you know. Um, we, we need to love the guys that, that don't exactly uh, see, see things the way we see it. You know, or, or maybe, maybe, just maybe they look down on us a little bit because of the way we worship. The way we worship might be a little different than theirs. Okay, well, we're not going to let their problem be our problem. God has told me to love them. Amen? Verse 17, Philippians 1, 17. The former, this is that rowdy bunch. This is the bunch that doesn't like Paul. The former, the former proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition. Okay, Paul's locked up. Let me see what I can do. Let me see what kind of ground I can conquer now that he's out of the picture. Now that the big guy, now that the guy from PTL's behind bars, now that Jimmy Swagger's behind us. Let me, let me see what. The apostle Paul didn't do anything wrong. He was just spreading the gospel. But here's these knuckleheads trying to take advantage of that for their own selfish means. And the apostle Paul has a really unique opinion about this, and it's something that we can learn from. The former proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. Now looky here. Look at 1 John 2 and verse 9. we got to make sure that if there's walls built between other Christian folks, that we're going to do what we can to tear them down. You know what I mean? Do you hear what I just said? You know? We, we got to do what we can to make sure that we ain't putting bricks in the walls, that we ain't no, we ain't no Pink Floyds, right? We another brick in, in the Never mind, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. It's, okay, First John 2, 9. Whoever says he is in the light, whoever says, I love Jesus, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother, is still in darkness. See how, how seriously God takes this. You know, we don't need to have these divisions because just like little old Japan was, was able to conquer so much of China, you know, look, look at the advancements that the world system has had over the church because the church is like, ah, that's the crazy Canadians. They're wild, nutty Christians up there, you know, or I don't know, whatever. 
everyone say, that knows what? No. Okay. First John 2, 9. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Look at John 13 and verse 34. This is Jesus Christ. A new commandment. Oh, you mean like the original 10? A new commandment I give to you. So this is something that I should follow very seriously. Yeah. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. Okay. So, so look, Travis, this isn't the old, you know, I like you, son. I, I like what you do. You, you, you know, it's you scratch my back. I scratch yours. It's not that stuff. It's not talking about that. It's talking about loving others the way that Jesus loves us. Well, how does Jesus love us? Man, he died for us. A bunch of rotten scoundrels, man. He died for us. So what about the people that you can, that you can love on, that you can share the love of Jesus with that are not? Man, they're just really rough around the edges, man. You know, just, there's some really hurting people out there that aren't necessarily fun to be around. You know what I mean? Some really ornery characters out there that, that aren't really that fun to be around, but God loves them, man. God loves them. And so he gives me this commandment. Now think about that. A commandment. If you've ever been in the military, you understand that this is a command. This is an order. This isn't something you get to toss over and think about whether or not you want to do it. And this is New Testament. This is Jesus Christ saying, I got something for you. This is what I want you to do. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. I think I can do that. Just as I have loved you. What? You also are to love one another. We look at how Jesus loved us and his sacrificial love for us. And okay, we say, we apply that to our brothers and sisters. We, we actually apply that to a lost and dying world. You know what I mean? Can I get a witness? Let's go to the next slide. That is true. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is true. Okay. Um, did, okay. Look, look, you guys are almost done. Philippians, well, I'll turn it right back around. I'll turn around right now. We'll start over. We'll start at Philippians 1 verse 1. No, we won't. Philippians, but isn't Philippians awesome? Isn't this wonderful? Philippians 1 verse 18. Okay. Drawing it all together, tying, tying it up with a, a ribbon and a bow. Paul's conclusion about the fact that I'm in prison, but everybody knows I'm in prison for God, the gospel, and I'm letting my light shine in here, man. I'm doing the witnessing thing right here in Caesar's area, right here in the heart of pagan worship downtown, buddy. You know what I mean? I'm spreading the gospel. And there's this whole other group of cats, not cats me out, but but there's there's this other group of people that still spreading the gospel. Half of them are doing it because they love me and they love the Lord. The other half's doing it because they just see an advantage to try and uh, hurt me. But see, here's the thing, man. The gospel is still getting out by both sets. The word of God is still getting out. And so this is what he says. What then? Only that in everywhere... But then, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, 
Listen, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Instead of, I mean, look at this guy, man. Look at this awesome and amazing guy. And I really think he grabs a hold of his failures and he just pushes them away, man. I'm leaving all that stuff behind. I know he does that because that's what the Word of God says that he does. I'm pushing all that stuff away. But I'm not wasting any more time, man. I'm going towards that prize. I'm going for the reason that I'm here. I'm spreading this gospel. As long as I got air in my lungs, I'm spreading the gospel. And see, so he's locked up. Ah, it's not that fun to be locked up. We all know that. But see, he's not only is he locked up, he doesn't know what's going to happen to him. He's got some plans. He's got some things that he would like to see happen. But in the end, that's up to God what's going to happen to him. He's locked up. He doesn't know what's going to happen to him. Um, he's locked up for not doing anything wrong, just spreading the gospel. Didn't hurt anybody. Didn't break any laws. Just spreading the gospel. And not only that, to add insult to injury, why he's locked up, there's people around there trying to make it worse on him. People trying to hurt him while he's locked up. But he says, you know what? I'm just rejoicing. I'm rejoicing. I am full. I'm rejoicing. I'm full of joy. Well, how can you do that? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's the apostle Paul. We'll get to that in a couple of weeks. But see, that's the thing. We got to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. You know, he's got all, he's got all this stuff over here. That's like, man, this is bad news, bad news, bad news. And I've been trying to be a good boy. I've been trying to spread the gospel. And now I got this, all this bad stuff that's piling up, man. What's going on, man? God, you playing favorites? God, you, is it payback time for all the stuff I did back in the day? Nope. Nope. Ain't none of that. And, God, and you know, Apostle Paul says, well, that's going on, but that ain't getting me down, man. You know what I mean? I'm rejoicing. I'm rejoicing the Lord. The gospel's still going out. There, there's a huge harvest, okay, and I'm actively involved in it, and other people are spreading the gospel. Even if they're trying to hurt me, the gospel's getting out. So it's, it's what we focus on, right? And it, it goes to show us that, you know, how can I word this? We can be full of joy even when things don't go our way. We can be full of joy when our hands are bound. We can be full of joy when people have betrayed us. We can be full of joy when something so precious has been taken away from us. Well, I don't think you understand what I'm going through. I'm not saying that I do understand. I'm not saying that it's not heavy. I'm just saying that we need to focus on what is true and what is true and what we know and we know God is good and God is faithful. Well, if God is faithful, how could he let this happen to me? Huh? Listen, God says my ways are far above your ways as far as the heavens are from the earth. You don't always have to get it, but you do need to get this. I love you. I love you with an undying love. Okay, and I want you to take that love that I've shown you and give it to people that really don't deserve it, you know, because you don't deserve it. Okay, now look at Psalm 106 and verse 1, this, this verse should be familiar to most of you. Psalm 106 verse 1, praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. This verse right here is, is like a punch in the belly when you're not feeling it. You know, when, when your heart is crushed because sometimes these, these painful things, man, will come flooding over you. You know, or my world could be okay, but that happened. You know, and these things just rush over you sometimes. You know, well, just like that, just like the Apostle Paul, who can rejoice in his in his situation, we can too. And look at this verse, because this is what God wants from us. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. How can I do that, man? Because I got all this going on. For he is good. 
How good is he? For he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. If we could grab a hold of that, man, that really is a game changer for us. You know, I'm not saying painful things aren't in your world. I mean, we, we, we see that all through Scripture. We, we live in a world that's not fair. We live in a world where great people get in car wrecks. We live in a world where great people get cancer. We live in a world where, where, where scoundrels, never mind. You know, tell the truth, shame the devil. Can I get a witness? But look, this is true. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. We don't have to understand everything. Uh, the fact of the matter is, God makes it clear you're not going to understand everything. Not here. Not here. Just like as a father and I try to explain something to, to my youngest daughter, there's some things she just doesn't get. There's some things that, that, that she's just got to trust in me. She's just got to trust in me, and she will because I'm her dad. You know? She knows. She never has to worry about food on the table. She, there's certain things she knows she ain't got to worry about. Why is that? Because I'm her dad, and I'll do whatever I have to do. You know what I mean? So here's God. He says, man, sometimes you just got to trust in me. You know, you just got to trust in the fact that I love you and my love ain't going anywhere. For he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Dear Lord Jesus, we love you.